0: Good to see you. Packed house. 52 to Road. So good. I was, I, was drive, I came on the bypass today and just started feeling God's presence. So I'm going to blame Brett Morrison for that. Because remember we were praying our first week and we started dreaming. We spoke about the vision of the church is our presence, health and influence. Presence being our up and our looking at Jesus and fixing our eyes on him and our worship and our love and our adoration and our praise and our thanks and our just loving him. And We spoke about health being our inner world and how we do love physical healing but our vision for health is our inner world. It's our in. It's the stuff that's going on on the inside. It's our integrity. It's our character. It's our transformed mind. It's where the gifts grow it's where the fruits of the spirit grow it's all that stuff the battles that you're facing they're worked out on the inside with him because he's in you too so it's this inner world that often we don't talk about it's emotional health because if we can work on that inner world it, it allows us to go out which is our influence jesus said love the lord god with all your heart soul mind strength that's our up as and then love your neighbor as you love yourself loving your neighbors you're out but loving yourself is your in And your capacity to influence and love people is determined by your ability to love yourself, which we get from our up. So as we were praying on Vision Sunday, we were dreaming, we were practical about, how's this going to play out? Because we can't just yap about stuff. We can't just talk about stuff. I think the world's just sometimes sick of talking and they want to see a bit of doing. And that's our heart. That's why we went over to Bethel. We can go anywhere in the world. God's moving everywhere. But we felt specifically to go there to immerse ourselves in a culture that had a history of 20 years of seeing the supernatural break out every day in people's normal lives. So we go and expose ourselves to it. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. And then we were talking about practical stuff and then, and then how that vision will play out. But then dreaming. And Brett was praying. Lee and I shared. It. And then Brett prayed into it and said, hey, Presence. But like we're going to make room for God to move. He does it when we open the Bible. We want to do it in worship. We want to do it during the sermon. We want to do it during communion. We want to encourage you during the week to make room for God to move, that we experience him. John five twenty nine, it says that you guys think, he's talking to the Pharisees, that, that you find eternal life in the scriptures. They point to me. So the word of God, is every, it's a foundation. but but it's meant to draw us into an encounter with the guy who wrote it. And that's when it starts to go, oh, wow, this is life. This is Christianity. It's not just text. It's not just staying on the page. But our our heart is that it jumps off and it impacts us and it impacts other people. So Brett prayed that prayer. (laughs) Of God, we just ask that your presence would start touching people as they're driving on the bypass and on Toodle Road. Why not? He loves it. So this morning, I'm driving on the bypass, and I just started feeling his presence. We don't have to feel it to know he's real. It's by faith, of course, but by faith, I want to feel him. It's a relationship. It's connection, yeah? And if we don't feel it, we're not, oh, no. That's silly. That's wrong thinking. But if we never experience him and have encounters that mark us and change us forever, like the burning bush moment of Moses then it's just here and we wonder and wonder what it's all about because he wants to pull us into an intimate connection and we say it's not about relation it's not about religion it's about relationship and that's so true and we say that but i want to challenge you and encourage you that he's he created you to experience him is that okay thanks for coming So we're talking about consistency. Uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about how consistency is a word that I felt the Lord give us as a key to see the vision happen. It's an amazing word, and when you think of athletes, when you think of lawyers or sorry, people that want to be a lawyer, or people studying to be in the medical uh, realm, that if you look at their seven or eight year process, consistency is required to become a lawyer. Anything that you want to do or achieve or step into success and influence or impact on any level requires consistency. It's a really big deal. You think of Olympic athletes, it's an amazing thing that although they have meets and training and all kinds of things during that four year process, their eyes are fixed on one thing. And without consistency, they can't get to that one thing. There's training, there's discipline. It's a really, really big deal. Consistency in the dictionary describes something that's done the same way for a long time. Steadfast adherence to the same principles, course or form. I love this quote by John Maxwell. Motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you receive, if you want to grow, consistency is key. Consistency causes momentum and momentum causes this vision that the Lord's put on us to happen. It is the key to this process of becoming the vision ourselves, becoming the core beliefs ourselves and it's the key to seeing the vision happen. And we spoke about how important it is as a, it's always us first at home than here. Yeah. So that's always the case. Encounters, love, everything amazing. It can't, you can't eat once a week or you'll starve. So we've got to get that mindset as I've just got to crawl to church, get fired up and then struggle during the week and crawl back to church on Sunday. We're done with that because he's always, we're abiding 24 seven. Yeah. But consistency is a big deal. Discipline, setting that alarm. Open up the Bible, telling someone you want to do this, you want to get here. Now, what's happening in that process? Because the dream and the idea and the thought and the vision's awesome. But manifesting over here is amazing as well. And yes, there's going to be breakthrough in this journey, but what are you doing in that journey to get there? So consistency is important. I want to challenge you with that thought, consistency. What do you want to see in your life? Strong, healthy, loving relationships, growing in confidence in prayer. Abundance in all areas, Bible knowledge and encounters with Him as you read. Fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit developing so you can impact people's lives because that's what they're for. Serving and going to the next level in generosity in your time in church. A passion for God's house. Stepping out in boldness as you're having a coffee, a triple shot latte with three quarter milk, one sugar, and you prophesy over the waitress because He always speaks and you're always aware. But if we don't have consistency, when you're having that triple shot latte with three quarter milk and the one sugar and you're just relaxing and being normal and you know you're abiding and you know who he thinks you are and says that you are, when you're sitting there because you hear his voice and because you've been consistent because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts like a militant force. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. Paul's language and text. When we do that, when we're consistent, consistency shows up in a moment. So we do all that work, consistency doesn't get seen much, but in that moment when you're having that beautiful latte and you're loving people, it manifests. Are we being consistent? And then I started thinking about, okay, cool, consistency is great, it's a great, well, idea, thought, whatever. And I was like, okay, what's the, we need a, we need mo, we need a uh, I like peeling back the layers and asking, okay, well, how do we get consistent? Because you don't just get consistent. Like, momentum's good, discipline's good, but is there an underlying thing? And then I felt the Lord say, Hope. Like, athletic, Olympic athletes don't train thinking they're going to fail. Like, they don't commit their lives to getting up at 3 a.m. and swimming 187 laps in the morning while <laughs> mum's sitting in the car. Like, they don't do that if they don't think they're a chance. If they don't have a level of hope, and we know the world's hope, not having a go, but they're thinking, the pattern of this world is wishful thinking, that's hope. But when we look at the Greek, it's the eager, confident expectation of good. So when we're talking about hope today as a key, as the fuel, as the motivating factor for consistency, it's the eager, joyful expectation of good. Hope's a person. Hope is a really big deal. It's actually the ingredient for faith. We can't have faith without having hope. It's the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. So it's the assurance, that hope. You've got to remember the the Greek in the hope. It's not wishful thinking. It's not conjuring up faith. It's the assurance of things hoped for because we've been with him. And when you're with someone, you know. You know his character and nature, which, which, oh man, it's this driving force that it's like, oh, I've been with him, so I can be confident and joyful and expecting him to show up because I've met with him and I know what he's like. That's yeah. hope. If we want to see consistency, hope has to be there. It's that thing that's going to get those people up in the morning at 2.30 when their alarm goes off. Oh man, two years, two years time, I'm going to be here. And they start dreaming about being on that podium. And that, that fuels them for consistency. I want to challenge you guys. Hope is the fuel for consistency. And consistency is going to get you to where you want to go. And let's not have destination mindsets. Because the Lord's amazing in working stuff out. Not exactly how you prayed. But when we're close to Him, we see His hand. So let's not have destination mindset because the journey is beautiful. The journey's amazing. Amazing. And it's going to be breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And often that gets so weird having this moment. It's like, well, okay, then what? But if we can be consistent, we don't always need that holiday. We don't always need that thing. But we're consistent. And hope is the driving force. Awesome. So hope's the key to consistency. Want to read a proverb? Ainsley put it up yesterday. God speaks. Wow. She put it on our Destiny Revive Facebook page, this scripture, and I'd already prepared it. I didn't copy, but she must have been here in the Lord, but it's good. We just don't think that's a weird thing now. It's just like, of course, he speaks. <laughs> that's awesome. So Proverbs 13, 12. I love this scripture. I don't like the first part, but um, hope deferred, that's put off, that's paused, that's placed into another day. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Some translations are a desire realized. Because hope is a crucial key for our life, but way more importantly, it's crucial for today. So if we defer it, it greatly affects us now. It actually hurts us, the Bible says. It makes our heart sick. The Hebrew word for sick is to be weak. So when we defer hope, when we go, oh, no, it's not going to end well, or this is going to happen, and we go into speculation, like, oh, what if, negative, 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 and then we build up this lie in our head because of past experiences and often what's face facing us. We've got negative past experiences and then our own mind and the enemy. So that threefold thing causes us to go, nah, it's not going to happen. And we push hope into another day. And hope's meant to be present because hope's about future. Hopes, you can't, there's no point having hope for tomorrow. Yes, there is, but we're not in tomorrow. So we need hope for today. That positions us for consistency, which then brings momentum in our life. So hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. Now the tree of life, this is an explanation, I think it's really cool. When that which is hoped for and has been long expected and desired comes, when there is an accomplishment of a person's wishes or desires it is as grateful to them as the tree of life was in Eden's garden. It gives him unspeakable pleasure and delight. That's good. I, I believe that there's times of we go through it, that there's trials, tribulations, suffering, that we learn from them. I don't believe God puts them on us or in us or around us, but stuff happens and we get to walk through it with Him and overcome, and we're stronger, and we can help people that go through the same thing we did. So I get that whole thing, and it's very important. In fact, James says, you can't actually be perfect and, and, and whole and that whole deal unless you go through it. So that's why we have joy in the trial, because we know it produces faith and perseverance. So that's the, I get all that. But you know what? You're not meant to struggle every day, all day, every day, Forever. Like, you're not meant to have a horrible, miserable life of struggle. It's okay to, to have pleasure. It's okay to, to live in the pleasure of the Lord, to experience His presence. It's okay to think, oh, wow, you're way better than I thought. I used to think on the way to church, I wonder if His presence will touch me. And I went through my week and went, does that disqualify me? Did that disqualify me? Did that disqualify me? It's such a bad thinking. We don't live careless and whatever, but we know him. And we go to him and go, I messed up Wednesday. So we repent. What's repentance? It's going to him and going, you think so good and so big and so high, and it's way above what I think like. This is how I think, which got me to that situation that I stuffed up. So now I'm sorry, and I ask that you transform my mind. And he says, come here. And you have an encounter with him. And when you're pulled into an encounter with him, he goes, this is how I think. And then you get to go, oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to change my behavior. That's repentance. Repent. So we think Peter got up on Pentecost and yelled at people and said, repent. He goes, hey, guys, Joel said this. And now this is actually happening. This is that. Because Joel said, I'm pouring out my spirit on all flesh. And man, they're thinking they're drunk. They're just getting wrecked in the presence. They're speaking tongues of different languages and it's freaking everyone out. And Peter got up and pastored it, which I love. He's going, you know what, guys? This is okay. This is that, which was prophesied. This is that. so good Jesus it's so good he's not yelling at you he pulls you in to a close encounter because he loves you and you get to change the way that you think it's a big deal remorse is important in that process but not wailing in sackcloth and ashes. (laughs) It's a new day, and he loves you. Okay, so hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So we've got to peel that back. This is why we read the Bible. We get layers and levels, and and one plus one equals two, and stuff like that. Now, sometimes seven plus eight equals 49, because God's God. But often there's some steps that we can do So hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm like, cool. Okay, I don't want my heart sick. I don't want to defer hope. So what do I do? He goes, oh, good. In Proverbs 4.23, I wrote some cool stuff. So let's read that. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. New living translation. Often we need a new translation because we've heard this a billion times. You need a new translation to freshen up to destroy familiarity. Proverbs 4.23, NLT, guard your heart above all else. Couldn't be stronger. For it determines the course of your life. Couldn't be stronger. (laughs) NIV says for everything you do flows from it. It's a big deal. So above all else, guard your heart. Protect it. Guarding our heart causes us not to defer hope. Because we're protecting our heart. Because what does hope deferred do? Makes our heart sick. So we've got to guard our heart so that hope isn't deferred. Some scriptures you can't do that to. We make our own weird doctrine and go, here we go. I'm like, no, you're, you, you're weird. <laughs> but when we read it in context and we go, oh, he's talking about the heart. And we've got to understand New Testament concept of heart. Like, your heart's not evil. Yeah? Right. yeah. yeah? yeah. Your heart's not evil. Yeah. He's restored, redeemed. Yeah, yeah you're good. Yeah, we're still working a few things out, renewed mind, but you're okay. You're good. You're not evil. You've got a measure of faith. Yeah, you're not working towards faith. You've got a measure of faith. Romans 12. Getting carried away. But everything you do flows from it. So we've got to protect and guard our heart so we don't defer hope so we can be consistent. You hear me? Consistency requires hope. And when we defer hope, it makes our heart sick. So we've got to guard our heart. How do we guard our heart? That's today's question. I'm so glad you asked. Any, if I said any, any preacher, we could pick out a lot of different things. But this is what I'm saying today. And, I, and because I say one thing, it doesn't mean I'm not saying another. We've got to be mature to be able to read through this. And if you're part of this church, if I don't mention that this is important, you're mature. The amount, I mean, I'll rattle off 47 scriptures every Sunday. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal for me. But if I don't mention that you need to stand on the Word on a Sunday morning, we're mature enough to go, oh, that's a given. That's why we didn't put it in the core beliefs and vision booklet. We purposely didn't do that. It's purposely not a core belief because it's the Bible. It's just everything. We didn't put prayer in there. It's mentioned in there, but it's not a core belief. Why? Because it's talking to God. Prayer in the Bible, it's not a core belief. It's everything. So how? <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I like to stirring in a bit too. It's good. We've got to change our thinking. Okay, so how does this happen? How do we be consistent? How do we not defer hope? And how do we protect our hearts? Two things, testimonies and prophecies. Testimonies and prophecies. What's testimonies? Testimonies is something God has done in your life up until today. Testimonies are past. What's a prophecy? Prophecy is future. Word of knowledge is present. Prophecy is future. Can you see what's happening? Where are we? We're here. We can't live future. We can't live past. But what does does testimonies do? It brings hope. It causes us to, what do they do? Remember. What do prophecies do? They bring hope. Why? Because it's the Lord saying something over your life that he wants to see fulfilled. What does that do? Brings hope. So we find ourselves looking at what he has done and who he has been to us. And then we look forward and we go, wow, this is what he wants to do. So we don't defer hope. We don't live negatively. We protect our heart by acknowledging we have testimonies. And we have prophecies. It's a really big deal. Testimonies and prophecies. Testimonies and prophecies. Testimonies are what God has done and who he has been in your life. Prophecies are what God is going to do. Consistency needs hope. But the two keys for hope are testimonies and prophecies. What has he done in your life? And who has he been? What's your list? Pull out your list. Get your hopes up. What a song. Don't get your hopes up. Oh yeah, we will because we know what he's like. <laughs> Testimonies are behind us, prophecies are ahead of us. They give us hope for the in-between. Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you May the God of hope fill you. The God that is abundance in hope wants to fill you. Don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The God of hope, who manifests hope, can't He doesn't just add hope to Him, He is hope, is in you. So testimonies and prophecies bring hope, which allows us to not defer hope and be consistent, which will see what we want to see happen testimonies and prophecies. What he has done and who he has been. Lee spoke about this in January when I was over in Reading. Heard it was amazing. Yeah? About stones. Get your stones out. I was singing that. Get your stones out. (laughs) Why am I singing that? Because in the Old Testament, um, they, they made these memorial places for the Lord when they had a victory. They're like, let's gather some stones, some boulders, and we make it here, and we're going we're gonna to announce and declare that we will not forget what he did. Why? Because it positions us for next time. We're not on, some TV shows, uh, new episode every night, and some are consistently themed. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? It's like new episode, completely different um, plot. But some shows are just consistent, where it's just evolving all the time. You're, you're in that one. It's evolving all the time. It's not Monday's different, Tuesday's different. It's the same God every day. He wants that consistency. Testimonies cause you to remember, like memorial stones. Remember what he did, what has he done in your life? What are those moments? It's a critical part of worship. When you don't know what to do in worship, when we jump off the page, and we're planning to jump off the page every week, Like, the Bible's awesome, but we want to experience the God of the Bible. Worship's incredible, and it's all about Him. Another aspect of that, we come to encounter His love, but primarily, and I'm not having a go at my wife because she agrees with this, but it's about Him. It's worship. It's unto Him. And in that, we get pulled into encounter. But testimonies, memorial stones... Someone messaged me about a flight that they were coming up to and I was praying for them and they got to the place, which is amazing um, in today's day and age. Um, they got to the place and they got home and it was great. And I said, cool, you've got a stone. You've got a stone, put it in your bag. They messaged me. They forgot about their stone and they messaged me. I said, can you pray for me heading to the airport? And I messaged them. I won't say he or her, she. she. Um, I messaged them, I said, get your stone out because of testimony. That you were praying, seeking, he brought peace. You got there and you came home. You've now got a stone. You've got a bag of stones, guys. We've got a bag of stones and it's time you've got to pull them out. You've got to pull them out. You've got to remind yourself. What's that song? I remind myself of all that he's done. It's a really big deal for you to live in consistency. What do you want to see? We can't defer hope we can't defer hope. We've got to protect our heart. How do we protect our heart? We remember what he's done. Yeah. We write them out. We've got to get practical. Practical. Here's Justin being practical. Wow. <laughs> write them out. Yeah. Write out a list and spend an hour. Ask your friends, what's he done in my life? You might get another 20. But it's important. That's, it's important for worship. You don't know what to do? Remember your stones. It's gonna cause you to go be like this, and they go, what have you done? Oh wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a really big deal. Psalm 103, verse two. We know this scripture. New American Standard Translation. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does to me. Get your stones out, pull out your stones. Because you need to remember what he has done. It brings hope. Why do we do communion? Communion is new covenant memorial stones. Communion is pulling out our stones. Jesus said we Jesus said Jesus was full of purpose. He didn't just do stuff. So he said, Do this in remembrance. What's one of the job profiles of Holy Spirit? He's going to teach us and remind us. So we've got Jesus saying, hey, pull out your stones, the cup and the bread that represent my body and blood on the cross. New covenant. You're a new person. You've got to remember that. You've got to remember that. Just going to put up some testimonies about this church. Okay. Our building and our land, like, like it was the day, huh? The day of where Mike read that scripture and let its foundations be built, and then he put the Bible up in the slab. Like, that whole process of this is impossible. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's a really big deal that we remember. Like, we're standing in this building because of faith and confidence in who he always said that he was. Yes. So, a building, like, this is your church. Lives transformed. Put your hand up if your life's been transformed at least once in this place. <laughs> miracles. We've seen miracles. We're pressing in. Don't be, don't be discouraged if we have a little lull. We're dealing through, and it's no offence on any church ever in the world, but we're dealing through bad thinking of ourselves. We might have 10 years of history of not believing in healing. When we step into believing, it's going to take a little while to renew that mind because we've got so many experiences that say no, 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 no. Yeah? So miracles, yay. People growing, come on. Like, just look at the team and the serving. Like, people are growing, amazing. Growth in people, cafe expanding, facilitating connection, and just having fun and love, and it's awesome. Hill and Joanne, amazing. Yep, we're going to clap. Let's do it. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> I love that. Little dig. Um, all right, <laughs> I've got to do one every Sunday. New levels in worship. You all concur. Growth in the creche. Kids ministry, having to open up another room. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. Favor on destiny care with the council and grants, and we're believing for more. Missions impacting cities. Come on. These guys put their hands up for kids pastor. Like, how many years ago? 30, 25, 20. Whatever it is. But Jordan, Perry grew up in this church. He's in Japan with his wife, Meg, and they're impacting. It's a testimony. We've got to remember, get your stones out. Get your stones out. Get, buy some stones and write a testimony on them and put them at home. Yeah. Serious. We've got to get practical to be consistent. Like the swimmer has to get in their car to go to the pool. That's just, of course they do. But they've got to get in their car. We've got to get practical. Them driving in a car, the simple notion of getting out of bed and getting into a car can put them on number one on the pulpit. Pulpit? Is that what it's called? Podium. Gee. Money six weeks in. Awesome. You good? Okay, so prophecies. We're going to just hammer through this. We've spoken about prophecy a lot. Um, Go back in iTunes and listen. Firstly, subscribe to iTunes. If anyone doesn't know how to do iTunes and podcasts, we might do a social media workshop. I think we should do that for those that don't have a clue. And that's no offence. It's okay. I don't have a clue about a lot of things. Um, um, (laughs) So, if you don't have a clue with social media and how to download stuff on your phone and you've got a smartphone, then we might do a whatever, a day where we can show you. But um, prophecy, yeah, go back into the archives and there's, there's um, how to create a prophetic culture in there and stuff like that that goes through the theology of prophecy, which is 1 Corinthians 12, 13 is included because it's all about love, and then 14 as well. And there's some other scriptures that I'll mention today. So I'm not going into an in-depth, in-depth presenting the doctrine of prophecy today. We'll just touch on it. But as you know, we love it and value it um, and we are growing in valuing it more because Of what it's doing, so 1 Timothy prophecy. So we've got testimonies, the other part for giving us hope, causing our heart to not become sick but to protect it. Testimonies and prophecies 1 Timothy love this scripture. 1 Timothy 18 to 19. This is Paul who's just pouring into Timothy. This I command, this command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance love it, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith with the, and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered a shipwreck in their faith, perhaps hope deferred, read it again, this command I entrust to you, Timothy my son, in accordance With the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, by the prophecies that have been made over you, by the Lord and by people, fight, use them to fight, fight the good fight. Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered a shipwreck in their faith. I would say that a shipwreck in our faith is hope deferred. It's a killer. It's a killer. Prophecy reveals and makes known what God wants to do in the future. Yes, it will confirm stuff, but if we only we go prophecies, it'll confirm. It's always got to bear witness. I don't agree with that because it's about the future, and and God's okay not to tell you stuff and allow other people to say it because often He just wants to see how you're doing and if you're going to steward it, and if you trust that person, and if you trust His promises in His Word that seem outlandish, but He's like, this is for you. It's like, nah, can't happen. It's like it's about the future you might grow into it. The Word of God is our foundation, as I said. All the promises are yes and amen. But prophecy is different. Prophecy has both of these at its foundation. We can't prophesy unless it's founded on this. doesn't mean it's word for word, but the overall heart behind it is based on the Word of God. Prophecy has both of these in the foundation, but it sees the individual and speaks directly and personally into their heart about the future. That's why, that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, whack it up, Jen. Really big deal. Let love be your highest goal, which is one of our core beliefs, that love is our highest goal. But you would also desire the spiritual gifts, the nine, that we go after them. And then this one, especially the ability to prophesy. It's, it's not, the, the Bible's full of purpose. There's not mixing of words. Why are these three edification gifts? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge and prophecy. Why? Especially that you prophesy. Why? Why is it different? It's because it actually speaks directly into the identity of a person. Physical healing is awesome. Miracles, faith, signs, wonders. Love it and we're going after it. But it's different. Yes, they reveal his character and nature as well. Of course they do. But prophecy is different because it goes, you know what? I'm piercing past the junk and what you see in your life, and this is who you are. And then we see people come alive. In the Bible, it says that they fall down and worship God, that the secrets of their hearts are revealed. So that's why it's like digging for gold. We don't call out trash. We each know our trash. (laughs) We've got a list of stuff we're working through. We don't need that called out. There's rare occasions where a word knowledge is used to bring about repentance and change, but it's done privately and with honor and dignity. And I've had that once. But prophecy, it, it sees, it, it goes in and it calls them up and out. This is who God sees you. And we've had testimony after testimony about feeling seen and known by God. We can feel seen and known by God reading the Bible. But prophecy is different. And I've found that it actually helps me read this better. Because you, when you hear feedback from someone says no one could have known that apart from God, then you go read this again and you go, I really do hear him. Yeah. Yeah. So prophecies. Have you got a list of prophecies? I've got maybe, I oh, was at Bethel for a year, so i got about 84. <laughs> and some, is, some are encouragement and that's great. And they're important too. And some are who you are, which are really important. But prophecies are, are a big deal. And I've probably got, I've probably got maybe 30. Um, and there's probably 10 that are, are really important and like did something in me when it was happening. But I want to encourage you, like, get your prophecies. That's why we record. When we have prophetic ministry happening, you'll, you'll see a lot, of the, a lot of the guys, they'll get their phones out and record them. Why? Because we don't want to forget. <laughs> we need them. Because this is what God's saying about you. We can't forget our testimonies and we can't forget our prophecies. 1 Thessalonians 5.20, as the band comes up, that will be awesome. 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not despise prophecies, simple. And I really believe we're in such a healthy place right now with the prophetic that, it, that it's not a weird thing. Well, sorry, it's, it's becoming not a weird thing because it's being modeled with honor. It's been modelled and demonstrated in kindness, not judgment. Because what happened to Elijah or Elisha? It's like what happens when Elijah or Elisha... Sorry, I'm generally better than that. I can't remember which one it was. Um, But what happens when they're put in a New Testament concept? Like he declared famine and declared this sort of stuff. But Malachi talks about it, that sons will return to the fathers and fathers to their sons. That, that his role would, would change if he's pulled into the new covenant because of the cross. Because God isn't wearing judgment hat now. That is for a day. But the hat that he's wearing now is kindness because he's drawing all people to repentance. So prophecy is about kindness. It's about love. There are times where we get words, where we need to pray and forbid because we have the keys to the kingdom. There are times where we need to say yes and no when we feel the Lord on something. Like mum yesterday, Katie had, my sister had a a full-on car accident. She's okay, baby's good. But mum felt like an hour before, she had an impression that Kelsey and Aaron were on their own. Just had an impression. Now that's a negative impression. But you know what? God wants to do the opposite. Because God didn't give that negative impression. Well, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. He can show warning. So when she felt that, she just started praying. And an hour later, Katie had an accident. Now we we are not like devil chasers in this church. <laughs> the Bible says to be sober and diligent and go, yep, yep, we're aware, we're aware of his schemes. But he, he's not under every rock. So we can feel stuff and, and experience stuff like that and, and, and say no. And she, they were just saying like it, could have, it was a big accident, and she's okay. So like these, there's moments, there's times where we've got to remember, Mum's developed a history with the Lord, over 30 years, she's developed a history with the Lord. She she remembers her testimonies, she stewards her prophecies, and they give her hope for today that positions her to say no, when something happens like that. The testimonies are undergirding. The prophecies are encouraging. And the word of God just threw out it all. And she gets to go, you know what? No. Because of my history with you and what you've done. And I'm expecting more now. And she can step in and go, you know what? Nice try. So let's go for more. And we declare favor. We declare blessing. We declare protection. We declare life. So good. Get your prophecies out, remember them, read them, steward them, fight with them. Get your testimonies out. You've got to have a list of both because they'll keep you in hope. Awesome. As we can have communion passed out, that would be fantastic. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, we love you, God. Maybe don't close your eyes because you're getting communion. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We're just going to step into just now that, that Greek word for worship is proskuneo, and it's, to, it's to, to come in really close with him. It's to turn and pour our affection to turn our affection towards him, to pour our affection. The fuel of affection is who he is. What has he done? What has he said that he's going to do in your life? Yeah, if you get communion, I just encourage you to just close your eyes if you can do that. Yeah, what what has he done for you? What has he said he's going to do? The promises are all yes and amen. But what are some specific things that he's called you to do? You being a leader in a specific organization isn't in the Bible. You being a great leader and influencing is. So that's why prophecy is this powerful, amazing ministry where it it gathers the heart of God in the word, but it makes it personal that we actually fight with that we remind God, hey, God, you said this was going to happen. And because you've done it in the past, I can get my hopes up. I'm just going to finish with a couple of minutes. Let's stand to our feet. Okay, so I want to read this scripture and this is going to tie everything in for today. Revelation 19.10, then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, do not do that. I'm a fellow servant. It was an angel that was talking, so we don't worship angels. We value what they bring, but we don't worship. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brethren, your brothers and sisters, the saints, who hold the testimony of Jesus, and they worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? Really quickly, the Hebrew word, the the word for prophecy, there's a root word in that word, and it means repeat, and it means do it again. So in the announcement of the testimony when we are thankful, when we announce what he has done, whether it's something in the, in the, in a text, Jesus died on the cross. When we announce it, it makes a way for people to be born again. If we don't announce it, there is still room for people to be born again. But there's this incredible thing in the word. It's in the meaning of the word that brings this power and a release of grace that gives us the ability that we didn't have before. So when we announce our testimonies, it's actually prophesying, do it again. Why? Because he's consistent. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's done it once, he wants to do it again. If he's done it once, he wants to do it again. We heard testimonies um, when we were overseas, and it was about a, a lady who couldn't give birth, and there was all problems with blood, and she got healed. and then the guy announced it the following week, and two more people got healed in the room. and then it happened again, and all up, there was about six or seven that got healed, just through announcing the testimony, nobody prayed. Now, can we pray without the testimony and see that healed? 100%. Yes, 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 yes. Let's not get weird. But as we announced it, I was praying for a lady and her leg was 30 mil. That's a lot shorter than the other. I prayed for her and it shot out. Pain went. She started crying and it was incredible. And I said to the team leader, hey, this lady's leg grew out. And he announced it. Hey, this lady's leg grew out. Has anyone else got one leg shorter than the other and have back pain? one person put their hand up. He got the other lady to just declare the testimony over and her leg grew out, got healed. Then she had anybody else. Another lady came forward and the second lady declared the testimony over this lady, got healed. And three, from announcing what God has done. There's something in the testimony. There's something in your past. There's something in your pile of stones that are prophesying, do it again. If he's done it once before, he's going to do it. The mountains that he's moved, he wants to move some more mountains. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and he is saying, do it again. God, this is what you did do. Now do it again. So we're going to sing this. Ainsley's going to lead it.